Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. Hello and welcome to episode one of the Engine Breaking podcast. You are joined by myself, Dan, aka Engine Mode 11, and my beautiful uh, social media husband, that is Blake. Would you like to introduce yourself, sir? Yeah, my name's Blake, a.k.a. Break, and I am here doing our first episode of this very, very fraudulent fraudcast with Dan. So, yeah. can, can you tell everybody why we're doing a podcast? Because, personally, I'm not too sure yet. No, I'm not really sure either, to be honest, but uh, for the sake of professionalism, we'll give it a go. But uh, I've always wanted to give like podcasting a go obviously you can't do that when you work in the paddock right there's ndas and all that nonsense and trips to hr yeah you know i'm very familiar with that but uh i just wanted to create a podcast and i didn't feel it could work solo and then i thought well why don't you know i be the looks behind this operation and you can be the brains and join forces and create the most fraudulent podcast in the uh, F1 community. Have we have we tagged that actually? Can we ink that? The most fraudulent podcast. Dude, honestly, I've always wanted to do a podcast, and my thing is the exact same thing. Is like I love talking about Formula One, but for the life of me, I don't really like the sound of my voice that much. So I need somebody with the correct vibes and the correct attitude, and we can ping pong off of each other. And since we never actually ever talked while we were at Red Bull, and uh we've gotten internet married since then. We've been getting on yeah. like a house on fire, and I, I am so looking forward to this. And let's let's be honest, like a lot of F one has its head up its ass, and uh, we're gonna be the, <laughs> we're gonna be the opposite of that. We are going to be fraudulent, uh, lots of shithousery, and everything else. Yeah, yeah, we're not gonna take ourselves too seriously, but know that in the back of your minds that if we wanted to just dunk on all these other people out there with vastly superior technical knowledge, we could. 
But we're not gonna. No. No, we're not. <laughs> Wait. You, you, you didn't tell them what you used to do, because I used to be the barista. Um, so. Yeah, yeah, how many years were you the barista at uh, Red Bull Racing? Uh, six, six years I made coffees. Yeah, okay. I um, dealt with the post for six years at Red Bull Racing. So we've we've absorbed quite a lot of technical uh, latte art. And what's your favorite paper? No, I'm just I'm just kidding. So, um, tell tell us about your background and, and your experience in the world of Formula One because yeah, I, I don't want this to be a super serious podcast. But you know, once you're no. in once you're inside of the machine, you start to learn so much about the world of it and how it works. And you see stuff on the internet, and you're like, that's possibly bollocks. And then you see stuff yeah. on the internet, and it's like plausible. And you yeah. know, sometimes depending on the topic, you can't really speak your mind on that, or you do get crucified. But but anyway, anyway, maybe that could be a future episode. Yeah. All the times that Dan went to HR, <laughs> maybe like a non-race weekend episode. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but yes, in all seriousness, um, I joined. Red Bull at the start of the 2016 season as a senior systems engineer, and which is like a glorified way of sort of saying IT. But there was a, there was a lot of spinning plates involved with that, and it gives you like a unique sort of top-down view on the entire business. Yeah. So I dealt with stuff at the wind tunnel, uh, the simulators, you know, even silly things like the MK7. Hospitality, you know. So I when the simulator the... was broken, that was you. That was oh, yeah, your that fault. Was all me. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Every time I saw your name come up on the phone, I just put you straight through the voicemail. Cheers, lad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love but, it. Uh, you have a bit more of a longer journey around F1, don't you? Well, it certainly feels like a long time, but then I look back and it's like, well, that was that feels like yesterday. But um. Yeah, I joined Force India back in 2012, 2011, uh, short stint in vehicle dynamics. And then some joker quit the race team and like, fuck, we need a performance engineer for Spain. So Spain 2012, which was a cursed Grand Prix, mind you, uh, was my first race at the track. I did uh, three years there as a track performance engineer, then moved to Red Bull, worked with our man, Daniil Kvyat, who's an absolute freaking legend, and Max after that. And then I moved back to the factory. I wanted to be a simulator rat and uh, help develop the car. The, the trackside life was brutal. You you did a couple stints on the road, not not like no, for sustained periods, but you got you got a sniff of what it's like actually being in the paddock and people. Oh, wow, that must be so cool. And it's like, are you kidding me? You see a hotel, you see the racetrack uh, and you ride in the stinky van. Uh, hotel, airport, racetrack. That's it. And it, I mean, it is cool and it's a great experience. And I'm sure you, you got a much better understanding of the track but people think it's you know champagne and bjs and it's like no my life my life is tough right now so it's heineken zero zero and hand jobs behind the uh pirelli tire (laughs) tire truck (laughs) to yourself right yeah yeah (laughs) they they call that something else but anyway so yeah i i feel like I i feel like we've got a super super unique take on the world of formula one and uh but let's just make sure not to take ourselves too seriously because we're going to have a lot of fun. This is not supposed to be work. If I wanted to, you know, not be having that much fun and be traveling the world 24-7 and never get to see my girlfriend or my 
stats. Where are they? Um, I'd still be at the track, but I'm here uh, joking around on the internet. So, yeah. What do so you what's, think? Uh, what What do I think? What do yeah. I think about what? What are you thinking is the plan for this podcast? Because we've kind of said like, hey, you know, I said I want to do. I should do a podcast. And you're like, mm. fuck it, let's start one. I'm like, fuck yeah. it, let's start one. Yeah. How hard can it be? How hard can it be? No. So I think we've spoken about this and the plan for this is we're going to do like a sort of post-race rundown. Uh, We'll do some sort of like guest interviews on non-race weeks. And like you say, we're just going to have fun with it, really. I'm I'm sick and tired of taking it too seriously. Make F1 fun again. Yeah, exactly. What is that? Does that acronym spell anything funny? F1. Make F1 fun again. Muffa, not really. <laughs> no, okay, fuck that. We're not using that one. But yeah, and like I think honestly, like we can probably you know do a little bit of a debunking some shithousery and some tinfoil hat theories, and also spin our own webs of absolute nonsense, but uh, not take it too seriously. In short, Formula One fraudulently, I think, is the mm. way to go. Like there's there's no point in taking it too seriously. So no, no. Is that a fraudulent front? Yeah. Do you think that's enough for our little uh, introductions? What are you saying? I think so. I think the majority of people probably know who we are, and if yep. not, then get to know. Welcome, welcome, and if yep. you if you're new, love to have you. And we're doing something yeah. a little bit different. We're actually recording this pod live over on my Twitch at Break with Three R's. We I think we'll we'll try that, see how it works. Sometimes we'll do it, sometimes not. But I think. Our goal right now is to come at you with one of the most unique Formula One podcasts once a week. Mm. We didn't say it was going to be the best. No, it's it's going to be definitely unique. I mean, yeah, that's it. That's it. All right, we'll so see you guys. To... See you guys next week. Yeah, thanks everyone for no, I'm joining. Just see you later. Just Bye. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. So, I I think it's it's. Why don't we start with the Dutch Grand Prix? Why don't we start there? Yeah, the uh, place where they are now entirely sold out of orange smoke grenades. <laughs> yeah, the security bought all of them up. Yeah, that's <laughs> wild. What what was and going people, on? What was going on with that? I don't know. For people that don't know, there's a video that's come out. So it was during qualifying where we had that second smoke grenade that rolled towards the pit lane. A video has come out, and it was a security guard in the stand just hoofing it straight across <laughs> the fence. And then onto the track. And I don't know if it was just like a really poorly thought out idea of trying to get it out of the grandstand. Um, but yeah, you know, your options are, shall I leave this in the grandstand or shall I throw it onto a live racetrack where cars are coming around at about 170 miles an hour? Mm, yeah, racetrack. Should I throw it on the track so that nobody else can throw it on the track? Maybe yeah. maybe he's maybe he used to be a ex NFL player and he's got an arm on him and he's he's got precision on it. So what the what, I, that, what was that? To man? be fair, it was a heck of a throw. Yeah. Like I was I was mad yet impressed at the same time. <laughs> I'm not even mad. Oh, no. I mean, so yeah, that was that whole event was an atmosphere and a half. And like, if you don't like the the, the orange army, fine, so be it. Like, but ho- like, where do you see like vibes like that? I don't think we see it anywhere else. That was insanely unique. Like the start of the race when there was the flag across the grandstands, 
I was like, oh yeah. my, oh my god! And there's some shitty techno music or something as well. But oh, well, that's I think that's a legal requirement when you're out there, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But I mean, but yeah. What, do you want to do? You want to go through the the Friday and the qualifying because I think there's a we couple should. of interesting points there, and I'm just I'm just like amped about the race, and it was it was chaos. Yeah. So let's so let's set let's set the scene. Let's set the scene. So, full disclosure. I didn't get to catch much of Friday. I was too busy having a job, which I know a lot of people out there don't think I've got one. And I just sit on Twitter all day. I thought your job true. was Twitter. Well, sadly, it doesn't pay. Um, but on yeah. the Friday, the only major talking point I can think of is where Max decided to uh, grenade his gearbox in FP1. Yeah. I mean, and that was, that was one of those things. It's like, ooh, Red Bull reliability problems. Because to be honest, we started off this season thinking red bull reliability is going to absolutely screw them we had a couple fuel pump issues and some other you know ancillary power unit related issues and people like it's the honda or it's the it's the it's the red bull powertrains they've screwed it it's like right it's still a honda and uh most of those systems that are failing are actually ancillaries they're not actually power unit pieces you know they're like the fuel pumps Usually the, yeah. cha- the chassis manufacturer usually does stuff like the fuel pumps and the fuel system. The engine is just like, hi, can I have some low pressure fuel, please? So I can juice it straight into the engine. But uh, yeah, gearbox. as we saw in Bahrain, uh, we decided to DNF both cars. That was that was good. So that, when that's your starting point, you think, <laughs> OK, it's going to be one of those seasons, is it? Yeah, yeah it is. And, and I noticed you said we I said you said we. Is, yeah. that, is that are you associating yourself with the Red Bull team? Is that what you're doing here? Yeah. So I don't know if you know, but uh, I secretly moonlight as Helmut Marco at race weekends. <laughs> I knew you looked funny. That aftershave, yeah. man, that never goes away once you once you smell it and you stare down by the man himself and he's asking for your run plan. You're like, Helmet, uh, I don't have a printed run plan. It's on my laptop, and then he just walks away from me. I'm like, God, that was frightening. No, but but like um, oh, I lost my train of thought there. I was going somewhere with that, but we were talking about Bahrain DNFs, Bahrain DNFs, reliability. Yeah, but I mean, but that was going to be that was going to be the you know the Red Bull had the chance. They've got a fast car, the Honda, the, the Red Bull powertrains powering. It looks good. The car is slippy. They don't seem to be having all the issues of porpoising of everybody else. And then you've got these reliability issues creeping in. And now you know we're like, ooh, gearbox issue. Is it coming back again? But those things just happen, and it was a Friday box, and if they take a five-grid-place yeah. penalty somewhere else, honestly, uh, after Belgium, I don't think they're too worried about that. No, and like they're just dunking on the whole field, really, yeah. let's be honest. Ah, ah, that's where um, I was going to go with that. You said we, and you moonlight. I, I, yeah, sorry, it's force of habit. I yeah, still I know. think... I say we in past tense, like we used to, but I never say we this weekend. And I, I got into trouble on, on the uh, Twitter nets about that because I'm not a sports fan. I don't have a football club. I don't have a hand, hand egg, or a ball foot club. Oh, you know, you just bloody Americans. Yeah, so I don't, like, I don't like the sports mentality. I never have that. So when people sit there talking about their club, they say we. I don't get that. And I, I said, I think it's pretty weird when people do that about an F1 team. I don't think you're weird. I personally don't understand it. And people got really upset about that. But but I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I just think it's interesting because Formula One is kind of a team sport, but it's like this blend of a team sport and a, you know, this, 
you know, an own sport as well. And you saw a lot of those themes coming out uh, at the end of the race with the Mercedes as well. So something interesting to touch on in a little bit. Yeah, and I think, like, I don't know if it's a drive to survive thing, but a lot more people now are more fans of drivers <laughs> than the team, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like we see it with um, like Lewis Hamilton, Lando Norris, all things like that. They're all just like, well, I'm a fan of Lando or whatever. I don't care what yeah. what team he drives for. Whereas before it was like... You're Tifosi. With, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're Tifosi or, or whatever. You don't really care who's driving. It's the team. Yeah. So, no, I get yeah, that. That's a strange shift in dynamic. Yeah. And I, like, again, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I just like personally, I don't understand it because... First and foremost, I'm not really into sports in general, which is which is weird considering I spent, you know, 10 years in a, you know, an elite motorsport series, but I'm just not really into sports. I, I like engineering. I like racing. I like technology. And let's be honest, I fucking love the drama. Oh, I, yeah, I don't, hell yeah. None of the hateful shit, but like I enjoy, I enjoy the drama. And like if there wasn't drama and it was like, right, everybody uh, Mercedes is going to one, two this weekend. Red Bull's going to do one, two the next weekend and Ferrari are going to continue to fuck up for the rest of the season. I would be bored, but, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, and I don't like the drama that's DTS manufactured. I don't have a problem with the series. I think it's done really well in getting new fans into the sport and things absolutely. like that, but there's a lot of dramatized editorialized shite in it and i don't know if you notice this this is how much of a fucking nerd i am but when they're doing like oh we're at the um i don't know we're at monza for the race weekend and they cut to the garage and it's like a fucking shot of the barcelona garage not the garage in monza and like i say it's a real nerdy thing but that shit winds me up dude i've got i've got a story on that which which honestly is is heartbreaking so uh, my, my claim to fame was being in the first season of Drive to Survive trailer when somebody goes, so it's like, it's like 10 seconds in the trailer and somebody goes, 30 seconds, 30 seconds. Yeah, that was me. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm in the trailer. So I'll be in the first episode because 2017 was my last season on Max's Cars as performance engineer. And then 2018, Hugh Bird took over for me, who is now Checo's race engineer. But Hugh, I think, was having a kid. So I filled in for Melbourne, which is fantastic, right? So I got to go to Melbourne, one of my favorite places in the world to go visit for the race. Um, and then I go to watch the Drive to Survive of that season. And all the garage shots have Hugh in them. I'm like, what? <laughs> I was there. Hugh wasn't there. That was, you know, that was Bahrain or whatever it was the next week. And they're showing garage shots. And I was like, you guys robbed me. You guys absolutely robbed me. So I need them to pay me at some point for the mental damage that I inflicted yep. upon myself because of stupid expectations but realistically last season didn't need any manufactured drama it was all there like who like making up these weird narratives about teammates hating each other it's like that's nobody does that no no and it's yeah you're right last season was easily one of the best seasons we've had probably i think since uh nico rosberg and hamilton yeah went toe to toe yeah exactly that was that was a bunch of shit houses and i was i was loving it oh hell yeah yeah but it was a beautiful thing mm. and it was all going so well until um a little race called abu dhabi yeah and then that was it yeah. now now everything's ruined fix it's, it's f1 next yeah. mm -hmm. war I, crimes and things like that yeah i don't want to touch that with a barge pole mate 
No, fuck that. I'm not interested. We've, we've done that. <laughs> I'm, I'm off. Anyway, thanks for coming to the podcast. We're, this yeah, is going to get canceled already because we even dared mention the controversy of that event. But yeah, so back to the Netherlands. We've got Red Bull looking a little bit sketchy on Friday. And honestly, their pace, look, it's like, what's happening? I, my favorite thing was uh, some classic shithousery on Twitter, obviously. It's like, huh? Um... I forgot who it was. It doesn't matter who it was. They're like, ah, oh, it's funny seeing Red Bull running a legal floor. And they were often like, Max was down in like sixth or seventh or fifth or something. And then they were fairly far off the pace. And you're thinking, hell, did these new regulations actually do anything? Or what's Sunday? Like at the end of the day, Saturday, one lap pace, that's important. And then Sunday where you finish, that's important. Friday run plans, like high fuel runs and like, oh, the pace in their deg is a bit like this. It's like, come on, that's completely bullshit information and the teams are even struggling to pick the bones out of that stuff there's so many filters and everything else they're applying so it's like like i guess the moral of that story is uh don't set your hopes up based on friday because friday is a lie there is no friday i don't mean jack no how many points is is a long day how many points do you get for friday uh zero i believe is is that the same as uh indycar super license points as well zero (laughs) now Right, so you've now managed to get us cancelled by all the British bias by mentioning yep. Abu Dhabi. Mind yep. you, that was me, to be fair. Yep. And now we're going to get cancelled in America because you dare make a comment about IndyCar. Well, I'm I'm just saying that these these stuck-up European people, whatever whoever they may be, are not allowing IndyCar. They're giving them the same amount of super license points as, like, F3. I'm mm. like, come on, man. You've got You've got a bunch of, like, you know, probably 17, 18 year old kids um, in, in a feeder series, or you've got grown ass, you know, young, young guys and up to grown ass men in IndyCar. And it's like, now, now you're getting F3 points for your super license, mate. Sorry. But yeah. So I, I have to admit, right. I don't, I'm not really in, into IndyCar. I've never watched it. I don't, I don't really understand, you know, how it all works out, but I did see an interesting comment uh on twitter or a suggestion and i can't remember who it was but they said that if you win the indy 500 you should get an automatic super license what do you think about that that's nuts then the same should be true of the lamar 24 hour but the points you get on your super license for Le Mans are much greater aren't they ah but Indy, I believe they are. The Indy 500's like I don't want to say this in the wrong way, but the Indy 500 is just another race. You know, it's just a, it's just. A, I mean, it, it's a huge race, and it, it has much bigger impact on their championship. But should you get it? Have you had any spares win that? I don't know. No, I mean, like I mean, Rossi left left for Cindy or not left Formula One, and you're uh, thinking he was in Manor, wasn't he? Manor, yeah, was he you know, like, yeah. A he few was, races for Manor. He was in one of the backmarker cars, and it's really hard to get a judge of that. And he rocks up, and he's been a weapon at an IndyCar and a weapon in the 500 every time that I bother to watch it. But the other thing is, how the hell do you watch IndyCar in the UK? And to be honest, like Formula One and my brand of doing Formula One content is so insanely time-consuming. I don't even have mm. time to wipe my ass, man. Like, <laughs> let, 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 it's like do, I, do you want to watch Formula E? It's like, I would love to, but... uh. I, can you pay me a video editor and everything else and somebody to write Python code for me? 
because yeah, you're this, preaching to the choir there, mate. I've got a wife and three children for yeah. Christ's sake. So you're why, lucky you're getting an hour with me now. I know I am lucky, and, and an hour later, but that's off air. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Just, just, just making sure that was still on the cards. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I won't edit that out. I'll keep that in. Cool. Thank you. Big kisses. But yeah. So <clears throat> enough. So enough yeah, about Friday, IndyCar. Yeah, now we've now we've alienated our American audience. Love you guys. On episode one, race, um, race, hail, praise Dale, and all that shit. <laughs> get her done. Get her done. Get her done. Um, so yeah, Friday we had the Max Gearbox issue, and like you say, the Red Bulls looked slightly off pace. But Friday's Friday, man. Like you say, run plans, none of that means anything. No. Uh, we we get to qualifying and i was surprised at how quick the track ramped up towards yep. the end of the session yeah did you find that surprising a, a little bit but honestly i was still coming back from my holiday and i was watching qualifying i believe uh from a train station on my phone with my dad so oh, okay so i i did i did kind of miss out on all the juice so i uh, I right, didn't, great first episode. Yeah, guys, great. For, yeah, uh, by, yeah, F1 technical analysis. So, what do you think of qualifying? He's like, uh, actually, uh, I didn't watch it. Like, that's it's super anxiety inducing taking time off from content and, and watching Formula One because if I don't have Formula One, my life is empty and I need to attach myself entirely to the sport um, in order for validation. So, uh, yeah, I'm actually pretty damn bad, mate. Understandable. <laughs> and I won't judge you for that. I appreciate We're all it. all friends here. Yeah. But there's, there's uh, so, a good, there was a, if we're going to talk, I think, are you about to talk about what I think we're about to talk about? Well, I was just going to give a quick rundown of who we lost in Q1. Yeah. So Latifi, I don't think that was too surprising. Uh, Vettel, um, kind of surprising, but he did have his little adventure, didn't he, into the gravel. Yeah, just making so sure that, the, uh, that makes the gravel trap was like safe, you know? Yeah. And uh, K Mag, I found that surprising. That was that was Haas are up and down, man. Though, and it's Haas is one of those midfield teams where you're just like, what's who hurt you? Mm. You know, why, why? let's roll the dice. Let's yeah. see where we're going to end up this weekend. Sort yeah, of exactly. Thing. Uh, Daniel Ricardo. Now, I'm going to get into this a bit later. Um, but I was I like you. I was watching qualifying from a go karting track, to be honest. So I wasn't really paying a huge amount of attention. <laughs> Uh, but who, who, did you, who, did you, who did you put off the track in karting, by the way? Oh my god, no one. I was so fucking slow. <laughs> like, for, for people that audio only have never seen me, I am powerfully built, let's just say. Right? Bit of a lamb. I haven't got, no, I don't have a racer's body. I'm built for comfort, not speed. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it was, um, I, I was putting in some solid Latifi lap times. I got you, brother. I got you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Danny Rick hit the dirt. I think that um, Sebastian Vettel unceremoniously dumped on the track, so he only ended up P seventeen, <clears> which is probably you know Danny Rick is going through it at the minute. Yeah, F's, um, F's in the chat for Danny right F's, now. Yeah, F's in the chat for Danny. <sighs> Crikey, I feel Did bad. You hear? For, I feel bad for the dude, honestly, because it's just been like he comes off like this dude who's a joker and not serious. But in the car, the, the dude locks it in, man. He's a, he switches something off. And like people just see this like goofy laughing guy who's always smiling. Even, you know, the characters of him, you know, it's like he can't stop smiling. Yeah, he can't. But like he's a super passionate dude. And seeing him struggling right now mm. is super tough 
honestly, because it's like, imagine you woke up one day and you were shit at your job. Like, I know what that feels like because I wake up like that every day. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, <laughs> we know that feeling well. Yeah, but like your, your feedback mechanism is telling you, hey, uh, you're not very good at your job. And you're like, but I, I was last year. You know, I was, I was, mm. I was reasonable. And like, you know, I've, I've won races, like what's going on? So that's, that's a tough one to unpack for, for us as fans. Uh, but you see it, drivers... Drivers come and drivers go. So Daniel properly going through it right now. Yeah, and I don't know if you you've seen this, but he was caught on. Uh, I can't remember if it was one of like the team. You know, they do those debrief videos or whatever. They let out on the internet, and I think one of the microphones picked up. He was talking to maybe I don't know who it was now. He was talking to one of the drivers, and he basically said he's going to sit out twenty twenty three. So, which I think. Where where would he even go? I don't even know. I don't know. I man. mean, Haas, but he doesn't strike me as the sort of person that just wants to sit. Yeah, I, I think he. I think he wanted to show up and Lewis Hamilton a team. Yeah, I, and, and it's I think it worked. No, it hasn't worked. But like honestly, if if I was struggling and uh, somebody paid me fifteen million to fuck off or whatever that number is, I'd be a little bit down. But I've had bad days before, you know. Yeah, you'd have 15 million reasons not to cry. Yeah. Some expensive tissues, that's for sure. Mm. But I wonder if we're going to see him make a jump to some sort of American series or something. I don't know. But the man doesn't strike me as someone that's ready to leave the no. motorsport world. No, he's got, he's, got, he's got plenty in the tank. Yeah. So, yeah, shame for him. Uh, and then who unceremoniously gets the title of being the other person out in Q1? Oh, Valtteri Bottas. Mm. They, 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 um, the Alfa Romeo is another one, man. It's like, what are they going? Are they going to be legendary this weekend? Are they going to be trash? Like, what's going on? And I feel like a lot of those those midfield cars struggle so much with tires. And if they have crap down force, it's like, do we get the tires working this weekend? Well, let's try to heat them up a lot, or let's try to cool them down, and we're lost in this new compound. But it's just like. Imagine you're on that team or you're one of those drivers thinking you're just going to roll the dice. Even Lewis made some comments about the car. He's like, I don't know what I'm going to get when I show up. It's, it's like you have to go to a new track and figure out what side of the bed your car woke up on. You hop in, you're like, oh, this is going to be a tough weekend. I, mm. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll, I'm going to come back to that Mercedes in a minute. Um, How dare you? Yeah. No, actually, no, let's do it now. So... I was extremely surprised at how different or how, how quicker that Mercedes was in this race than mm. it was in Spa. Yeah. It was like night and day. Absolutely. And I wonder if it's related to the ride height. I, I think there's something definitely in that. You've got a, you know, a nearly Monza-esque circuit of Spa to uh, everybody putting the barn doors on the back of the car to get the maximum downforce. Um, you know, you've got... a bigger ride height range that you need to accommodate in spa there's lots of compression lots of bumps yeah and then you know there's zandvor you know it's and it's pretty wacky circuit as well with some interesting quirks like the banked corners and everything else but there's something about that car i, I was surprised how close they were because i think that was the closest they've been on a dry qualifying session to the front with the exception of hungary hungary was the outlier yeah. when when uh george George stonked it up there, but 
you know, with the exception of that, that looked like to me, looking at the qual- the pace from everybody else, that looked like Ferrari and Red Bull dropped the ball, whereas Zandvoort looked like legit Mercedes pulling pulling one out. So, and then and then extrapolating further, I'm sure we'll talk about it. Plenty is uh, Sunday. That was a strong yes. Sunday, and it left us some it very was. interesting questions at the end of that mm. race. How else can Ferrari fuck it up? Oh wait, that was the, not the question I was thinking. I'm sorry, that's another question. Oh uh, well, these these are two good questions, <laughs> and we'll get into that okay, for sure. Good. Okay, good. Uh, so Q2, uh, Albon, Guan Yu Zhou, Fernando Alonso, Esteban Ocon, Pierre Gasly. I don't think there's any major surprises there, really, uh, is there? Usual suspects, wasn't it? Yeah, and then uh, but into Q3, Lance Stroll. That is uh, that was a surprise and a half. When I did watch it, I was like, the timing screen's broken. But like to be fair, <laughs> to be fair of of you know the, the 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 guys that you people like ah they don't deserve to be in Formula One. Like honestly, Lance has become a very reasonable mid tier driver in my opinion. Yeah, like I, I don't at first you're thinking oh his dad's bought a team and all this shit, but like he's done the work. He's you know, he's grinded and elevated his level, and now he's in the mix, honestly. Like, I. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see that dynamic with Alonso next year. That's going to be weird. Yeah. Do you Hell think, yeah. Do you, I mean, Alonso is one of those drivers who was brutal. Like, what he did to Van Dorn, that was pretty yeah. rough. I, yeah, and he's I, out there collecting teams like Infinity Stones. <laughs> But like honestly, man, like I mean, I think at some point we might actually see Lawrence and Fernando fist fight in the paddock. Oh yeah, I'm like, down for that. Is this gonna be a bar fight? He's gonna be drinking you know, a glass of red wine, and this gloves are coming off. These all these new like uh, YouTube influencers boxing each other. Yeah, do you think at like the Christmas party at Aston Martin we can get like a, a stroll versus? Honestly, and the good thing about Formula One and Drive to Survive now is something that Tony, my friend Tony, uh, F1 Tony always harps on about is do not forget the influencers that have helped elevate the sport and expand. You know, teams don't know about or they're just now getting involved in this. At some point, if there is that boxing match, Engine Mode 11 will be announcing that fight between Lawrence and Fernando Alonso. That boxing match is going to be epic. And honestly, I've got the voice for that though. People say I've got like quite an ASMR voice. Yeah. So that's that's the problem with this podcast. We can only do an hour because any longer than that, I think we're going. Oh, my voice is going to set people to sleep. Yeah. Not, people, not, people are going to fall asleep to this podcast. Yeah. Uh, but what about this? But what about oh, this? Oh yeah, that's much better. Yeah, okay, much we better. Do Thank you. I won't use the GoX line, but yeah, like I think Alonso is one of those people who is cutthroat and brutal and he wants nothing but to win and putting him in that environment where, you know, potentially Lance will have favor and everything else. And if they got upgrades and only Lance gets them, I see Alonso going absolutely mental. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's going to be chaos and drama. And if you're looking for any drive to survive drama to fabricate next season, don't worry about it. We got you covered. Yeah. They're probably not going to have to fabricate it. (laughs) Like the bonus. They're just no editing, just put it out there raw. Oh my god! Yeah, like, we'll just upload the race in uh, the the Aston Martin motorhome. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I got a lot of time for the strolls purely because they effectively saved a lot of people their jobs. 
with the whole racing point yeah, and the, things the, like that. The, the thing going bust and going into administration. And that was that was one of those things that sucked is like there were people not getting paid, man. Imagine mm. that. Like you you pour your life and soul into a sport that you love. And like it's not forking in Formula One's not a normal job. You know, that everybody wants to do it. You could probably leave that job and make a better paycheck somewhere else for less hours, but there's so many people that are so damn passionate about the sport. And uh, you know, and they're like, Yeah, we're going through a bit of a hard time. Uh, can I pay you next month? And you're like, Oh my god, Instone went through the same thing. Uh, Renault, which is now Alpine, they went through a, a dark age and they bled a lot of staff. But the strolls come back on board and they're poaching a lot of high profile people from other teams, giving them bags. So uh very yeah, true. That is Dan Fellows. Yeah. He's got, over there now. Isn't I got he? a lot of time. Yeah, I got a lot of time for Dan as well. But uh yeah, they're, they're taking they're making moves and they're taking people and they're they're investing. But it will Big be time. interesting to see if Aston can make a move because this year new regulation change big shakeup this year i think has been very disappointing for them and uh i was expecting more but new team yeah, new i think f- it looks like they've taken a slight step backwards doesn't it really yeah um and it's weird as well because although we joke about it how much the car looks like the rb18 <laughs> it couldn't be any further from the truth in terms of pace yeah I think I heard it phrased this way. I think it might have been from Matt or Brian from Red Flags. It was basically like you uh, you copied the homework, but you didn't understand the assignment kind of thing. And I feel like, oh, yeah, yeah, I think that's that's completely plausible. It's like you see some philosophies and you hypothesize, hypothesize and you probably know what they're doing. But, you know, all the other bits and pieces that support the aerodynamics or the suspension, everything else, you, you've missed the, you know, the, the subtle thing which makes that car come alive and uh. They've been on this freaking struggle bus. Like, I think how many races in a row is this where you hear Seb like, oh, we're out in Q1? Oh, I can't be. It's like, I swear to God, they're just playing the exact same radio message every weekend. So it's, <laughs> it sucks to see his last season in the sport with him, uh, with him, you know, being a world champion and then in a team, new regs and on the struggle yeah. bus, honestly. Going out with a whimper rather yeah. than a bang. Exactly. Yeah. Still so time. anyway, that's what we think about Aston Martin, which you know slots perfectly well into our discussion about Q3. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Lance Stroll to Q3, but didn't go out for a run. I think there was an issue with the car, or maybe they just thought we'll just save the tire. Um, not sure on that one. Yuki in ninth, Mick in eighth, Mick Schumacher. That one slipped under the radar for me, man. Honestly, yeah. that slipped under the radar for me. I was like, wait, what's what's going on here? We keep. I didn't hear too much of the uh, the social media giving him on the the big horn this weekend. Um, I kind of like, yeah. They, they, we went through back around Austria, like mix back. He's a new driver. Then he kind of like, ah, I'm driving a Haas, and it's kind of all over the shop. So I'm not really. But where did? Yeah, where... I think the first half of the season, I would have said. Well, in fact, no, I, I would not. Would have said. I have said that he had. The looks of Michael, but the talent of Ralph. Yeah. Whereas now, it, you know, <laughs> the second half of the season, he, he does seem to be improving. Yeah. So, but dropped, apparently, supposedly dropped from the Ferrari Driver Academy. So I don't know if that means he's getting the boot out of F1. Yeah, what? I don't know. We'll see. That was, that was surprising. So he was kind of in the mix, but like in terms of pace, it was in that no man's land, really, wasn't it? 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, George Russell in sixth. Again, you know, George being George, solid. Uh, Sergio in fifth. Hmm. I don't think he was too thrilled about that. He's three quarters of a second off, Max. Different floors as well. Yeah. They're still running a different floor. And, and he didn't get his final lap in. And then the, the alarm buzzers and everybody's tinfoil hat starts tingling pretty hard. Oh, yes, of course, because, oh, sorry, I forgot Marco was on the radio telling him to stick it in the gravel, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. Yes, to, to protect Max. Yeah, sorry, I forgot about that. Yeah. How many points uh, do you get for pole position? Uh, you get, uh, oh, zero? Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Sergio fifth, Lewis fourth, Carlos third, Charles second, and of course, Dutch superstar, Max Verstappen on a pole, but very tight, I think, Q3. Couple hundreds between the two. Yeah, yeah that could, could have been anyone's, to be fair. Honestly, yeah. And it's crazy seeing... That in terms of performance and everything, there's, you know, the Ferrari, which is a lot of downforce, not too slippy in a straight line. It's got huge braking performance, uh, great traction. And then the Red Bull, who's this kind of like super slippy beast. The Red Bull looks like the Mercedes of years past. Where it's like, you know, how the hell are they so fast in a straight line? Um, but, but yeah, Leclerc and Sainz pretty close this weekend. Russell a little bit off of Hamilton. Perez... I think Perez is back on the struggle bus and people keep spinning the narrative like that they're developing the car for Max. And I feel like in developing a car, you're just trying to add performance overall to the car. Then you get to the track and you dial as much front end in the thing as you can take. And uh, Max, I think, can take quite a bit more. But that's been like that qualifying tally has been pretty much shut down since Monaco, hasn't it? Yeah, but who is going to be close to Max? Honestly, I, I think that's one of those things. I think, I think the car is pretty damn good. I think it's still the second fastest car. I maybe maybe something maybe Ferrari have been knocked by the technical directive that came in from Spa um, because their qualifying was was strong. Their race looked abysmal for an assortment of reasons. I, I don't think we have <laughs> enough time to go through all the reasons their race looked bad, but. Uh, Something about something about that bull this year, man. She's quick. Yeah, she I, is quick. I heard. So, they, I heard they don't have to run any ethanol, so they can basically run easier. Or whatever oh, else has to run Christ, ethanol. Here we go. Uh, I heard Get, it on the internet. Tin foil hats out, ladies and gentlemen. We're I heard it on again. Twitter. Oh yes, the paragon of truth. Um, that is F one Twitter. Uh, oh, get out! So get out. Max has won ten races this season already. Yep. Which I was surprised it was 10. I didn't, I didn't even think about it. Uh, four in a row. We've got, what, seven races left? And the record is 13 wins in a season. Are we taking that record this year? We? They might be. I'm not sure if we are. I mean, I'm, I'm not entered any Grand Prix. Right. Well, <laughs> if you didn't know, this podcast is actually uh, funded personally by Dr. Marco to spread and diffuse all rumours in the F1 world. <laughs> Hence the we. Wait, yeah, sorry. You, you can't get out of that, can you? No, um, I, th I think it, I would honestly be surprised if it did not happen. The, mm. you know, we, see, we saw what happened with this high downforce track. Um, Mercedes getting close. I think Mercedes, I, I, yes. Now the next question I'm going to pitch you one since you've been doing all the heavy lifting since you're built for comfort and power as well. 
Um, That's why I got these big shoulders. I carry your ass around. Exactly. Um, Merck going to win a race? I fucking hope not, because I said I'm going to shave my beard off if they do. I, I've got some... Um, after going through the race analysis, I did spend quite a bit of time going through the front of the field. Honestly, bro. Am I in danger? You're, you're, you should be. I'm in yeah. danger. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're in danger, brother. I, I, think, nah, they're, I think they're getting close. Um, I, I feel like Ferrari had to make some changes, potentially. This, this, is, this is actually pure vibes right now. This is no facts and no data. Um, yeah, yeah. No one should use us as a reliable source. No, no And if no. you do, then frankly, you deserve that embarrassment. Yeah, exactly. Well, I heard Engine Mode Eleven said that uh, them some bitches going to win all them races in in Formula Car. I'll mm. tell you. I'll tell you what. Um, yeah, don't don't use us as facts. But I think they're gonna. They're, I think they're gonna win a race. Like it's it's they've been consistent. They're they're we'll get to their their race in a second. They've been very consistent, and they're chipping away. Their single lap mm. pace has been getting stronger. It's still a bit off. I'm not sure if we'll see them get another pole. Probably any anything and everything can happen. But uh, do you have a race in mind that you think they might win? I I don't I don't particularly know. Okay, no, but I I think I think a a smooth faced. Engine mode eleven is coming. It's going to happen. Yeah, and I, I don't know if I can look at your face without that majestic no, well, beard, and I can't consult its wisdom either, which is actually where I, I get all my YouTube videos from. Cut it off, stick it in a bag, and you can have it. All right, and you can stick it in your studio. Maybe let's just try smoking some of the beard. Do you think that will have oh, any medicinal? I would not recommend that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it might get your fertility up. But yeah, that'd be about it. Uh, awareness, metabolism, stamina. Ah. Uh, Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about my escape from Tarkov stats. Shit. It's not good for strength, though. That's for sure. Fucking nerd. <laughs> uh, so that's that's qualifying. That was qualifying, yeah. And uh, off the back of that, obviously going into the race, I had another question for you because obviously you're the man I ask when I run out of talent. I don't have it. Ferrari, P2, P3. Yeah. Both start on the softs. Yeah. I would have thought they'd have split that. The. I agree, and in the press before the race, uh, Leclerc was giving it all that, like, we're going to split it because we've tried that before and it works. And Carlos was like, fuck you, mate. I'm not starting on it. I don't know if that's what happened, but, like, they were talking in the press about splitting strategies, um, and they didn't do it. They didn't do it, and I was surprised to see them both on those reds. Yeah, do you think that was, like, their first way of losing the race how much time you got Mm, well yeah that's true this might actually be an hour and a half podcast episode to be honest ah dude genuinely i don't think they were there like this race for me looks like austria look you remember when austria like red bull are gonna dominate and the ferraris were insanely quick and they imploded uh Max went longer on the stints. He was faster than them. Um, Checo, I think Checo's having a tough time at this event, but like mm. using Max, Max versus Leclerc. I am not sure they made the wrong call because compound for compound, every stint, uh, Red Max had Leclerc covered. So yeah, you know, okay. looking at, you know, if, if let's say. 
let's move on. Let's say Leclerc tried the um, the one-stop medium hard. I mean, Ferrari, in terms of race pace, looking through it, Ferrari, or Mer sorry, Mercedes, in terms of race pace, are not too far off of the Red Bulls when you look compared like for like tires, similar to tire age, looking at fuel corrected times and the tire deltas. I think the Mercedes is about a quarter of a second lap, maybe a bit more, maybe a bit less throughout. Uh, there's places they match and there were places where for a harder compound, they were faster. But, you know, that you, you look at the final stint and you look at the first stint when when Max has the hammer down in the places mm. that, you know, you, in the places you for sure have the hammer down and you're not managing uh, it was night and day that, that it was, you know, a couple tenths in terms of pace. The Ferrari didn't have an answer though, man. Ferrari did not no, have an answer. No, well, you say that, but they did have an answer and uh, apparently it was to call Carlos in at the very last second uh, for what is now becoming a weekly occurrence, which is the Ferrari disaster pit stop. Yeah. And just for good measure... Uh, they decided to leave a pit gun halfway out in the pit lane that Checo then dutifully ran over yeah. while taking a, again, this is more sort of salt into the wound. Yeah. In that pit stop, Checo did a 2.04, which is the fastest of the season. Well, I didn't notice that. 2.04, yeah. man. That's, that's good. And like I say, just to rub the salt in the wound, he thought, fuck you, I'm running over your pit gun on the way out. Well, people don't realize that Zandvoort is actually an insanely tight pit lane. All the garages are smashed together. Um, I think some of the teams, they can't even bring very many guests at all into the garage because there's just not room for anybody. So you know, it doesn't. I didn't really pick that up until somebody was talking about it. Like, yeah, it's super tight. Then you see them leaving their pit boxes and you're like, holy crap, that's close, man. So that is a... That was pretty, pretty interesting. But yeah, a little bit of insult to injury. He said, fuck your wheel gun, smash it out of the way. But yep. really, he had nowhere. Like, I mean, he was probably full lock leaving the box. Yeah, I mean, what, where the hell is she going to go? No. no. So yeah, <clears throat> Ferrari pretty much fucked that straight away for Carlos, bless him. I think yeah. he came back out in like 11th or something. Dude, I'm, I'm took him, took him out of contention. Uh, I mean, yeah, he, he was basically P3, uh, what, 10 seconds eight seconds behind Leclerc. And then after that stop, he comes up. Yeah. He's doubled his gap to Leclerc. And it's like, he's out and he looked like a wounded pup after that. Like his pace was a bad, bad, bad. Um, like, you know, fifth, yeah. fifth best pace in the race. Uh, his final stint somehow he managed to get ahead of Checo and held him up. But that was, yeah. that was pretty bad. That was pretty bad. One thing, from this race, uh, moving on from Ferrari, we'll, I'm sure... We'll talk about them again. Uh, yeah, they give us plenty to talk about, don't they? But Absolutely. Daniel Ricciardo, obviously, we know he had a bad qualifying, right? Yep. So he started P17. Yep. We're going to play a game now, which you, you probably may know the answers to this because you probably already got it up on your screen. We're going to play a game, okay? How many pit stops did Daniel Ricciardo do in that race? Uh, five, four, four. That's correct. Yeah. So, how many? Right at the start, he was on the softs. How yeah. many laps do you think they did on the softs before they thought, "Fuck it"? I I have the answer in front of me, and I it was uh, a, it was it was the tied second shortest stint with Gasman. It was a mm -hmm. 
So it was a new set of softs as well. The, the, the luxuries of getting knocked out in Q1 is you have some extra premium Pirelli P0 rubber. And uh, he was not able to put it to good use. To be fair, a lot of people in the shit fight at the back, uh, Vettel did nine laps, Joe 12, Ricardo 11. Not too many people back there in the, the gaggle were um, doing too much with that new tire. No. So... Then just for good measure, they stuck him on the medium. Yep. Which makes sense, yeah. right? How many laps did he do on the medium tyre, uh, Blake? <laughs> 16. Okay, so he did less laps on that fucking medium than some people did in their softs, right? Yep. Yeah, okay, cool, just checking. Yeah. And uh, when they decided to put him on the hard, yeah. which looked like a good tyre in the yeah, end, oh, you know, granted. We'll talk about that. How many how many laps did they do on the uh, hard tire there, Blake? Could you, have you got that information to hand? <laughs> they they do. They did twenty laps, but mm. to to be you, fair, yeah, that, that, that was, was a BSC. Yeah, so you're like, well, I mean, it's it's like we love putting tires on, and this is a discount another tire set. Let's let's bang that one in there. Let's get the mm. whole bingo. Yeah, so we'll give them some leniency <laughs> for pitting under the VSC, right? <laughs> so the VSC they stick the soft on, right? Yeah. Uh, what happens next, Blake? What do they do under the safety car? Eight laps later, they fit another new soft because in Q1, oh. you've got basically the Holy Trinity. Three softs. Three new softs. Okay. Cool. Just checking. So with all that information, can you fucking tell me what on earth this strategy was all about? It looks to me like not having a good time, mate. Let's try another one. Not having okay. a good time, mate. Let's try another one. And, oh, oh, you know, because they, they said soft, soft shit. Um, medium. Oh, yeah. Max is saying the medium's not feeling too great. Oh, the Alpines are doing a great job. Great job on those hards. Let's put those on. Um, mm. And he tried that until, and then obviously like, all right, you know, we got that hard working. Let's go back to the soft because we got a free discount pit stop. It's like the bargain aisles. Like, oh, pit stops are cheaper. And then, they, and then they, you know what? They say, you know what? We've had a discounted pit stop. There's a Bottas' car, a safety car. Let's get a free pit stop. I mean, everybody Hell loves yeah. a free pit stop. But to be fair, it just looks like they're having a, a shit time. But Yeah. Uh, so with that and starting P17, do you know what he was rewarded with after all of that? Where did he finish? Uh, 15, 16? No, P17. Oh, he finished the same? Okay, fine. Yep. So after all that, he finished where he started. That's tough, man. I, I said we weren't going to kick him while he was down, man, because he's he's coming through it. I brother. don't necessarily think this is his fault. No. No, no, no. I think his team were just playing musical chairs with strategy. And, you know, as someone's here, I'm going to steal this comment because I can see it in the chat. Someone here said they were testing all the compounds out for Lando. That's a good conspiracy theory. Yeah. I like it. Pen I'm going to send it. Frame it. Yeah. Frame it. Um, but no, like seriously, he he was on that medium on his second stint, and he got mugged by Magnuson, who was on. To be fair, Magnuson, I don't know what happened with him. But also, we did we did say that um, we were talking about science, but I think he did also have some floor damage, so mm, that does happen. Yeah, that does tend. But to speaking of con wild conspiracy, oh, let's go. Let me get. I'm gonna get a tinfoil hat made for this show, actually. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we should get that merchandise, tinfoil hats. Yeah. Lap 44. What happens? Our favorite little uh, Japanese man, Yuki Tsunoda, comes on the radio after his pit stop. He says something feels a bit wrong. 
drives a bit slow and pulls over to the side. He and does. then all of a sudden, he starts driving back around to the pits again. Mm. And, you know, they, they pit him and they're all out in the, you know, by his car trying to sort something out in the cockpit. He makes his booster seat slip down. So they're just making sure to stuff that back under his ass so he can yeah, tighten yeah. the belts back down. Yeah. And then um, change him back onto softs just for the bants while he's there. Yeah. Send him back out. Well, they they knew um, McLaren's strategy. If you've got a if you've got a you know a forced or discounted pit stop, mm. throw some new bags on. It. And you you do tend to do that when you when you come into the pit lane. It's like, well, we've done an outlap on him. All right, fuck it. Throw yeah. some new ones on there. Yeah, I mean, perhaps this is a new technical directive we're not aware of. Where <laughs> when you go into the pit lane, you mandate you have to have a mandatory tire swap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, all this shenanigans started on lap forty four, and it finally ended on lap 48 when he went back out said there was still something wrong with the car and again pulled over and we get a VSC now this was controversial because obviously it's a Red Bull sister team and you know we all share data and you know they've got a direct line and Christian's got the telemetry from the other team and the direct line to uh, Yuki's implant to tell him what to do Mm -hmm. as well Marco flipped you know like we flip the cover off the nuclear (laughs) button yeah Push the red one that said safety car. Yeah. And poor, poor Franz Toss just gets it in the ear. He's like, okay, Yuki, you know, make it look good, make it look believable. But that was actually, that was Franz Toss with the helmet on, leaning in, fastening the belts because they couldn't do it over the radio. So Franz mm. hopped off the pit wall, put a helmet on, and went over to Yuki. And all Yuki's saying is, I don't understand you. I'm just going to drive out. Yeah, because I don't know if you guys know this, but when you're wearing a helmet, pit crew helmet a headset and you know the driver's got his helmet on and he's sitting in an f1 car that's running in an active pit lane you can hear everything crystal clear between people when they're talking it's actually just like this it's like you've got a sure sm7b and uh, some mm. nice headphones on and it's like ah oh, acoustics yeah yeah i'm we're being so, sarcastic you can't see our faces on the podcast but anyway <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when a car starts in a garage, okay, I can't even hear people when I'm outside the garage at the huh? back. Exactly. Huh? Okay, cool. Just checking. So, yeah, um, that was a load of nonsense. I think they just fucked up, really. Uh, I think they said it was a diff issue in the end. Well, I've got, a, I've got a short take on it. I won't geek out too hard, but every... So I went back and watched Yuki's onboard from the TV and you've got the engineer radio and I'm pretty sure the onboards are synced at that point. When they broadcast messages over the broadcast, the yeah. world feed, those are not synced necessarily, but the onboards from I think it's F1 TV are synced. So I think I also I also believed and understand that. Yeah, so Yuki left the pit lane the first time and he said I I've got a loose wheel, right? Yeah. So they say pull over somewhere safe. The engineers are looking at it, and you can actually diagnose if you have a wheel fit by looking at the pushrod loads, which tells you the vertical force on the car. And you, you should see, going down the pit lane, you should see four very equal loads. If you had an unfastened wheel, you would likely see that you were like missing a lot of load on one wheel, and the car was kind of like pogo sticking. Or like if you had a, a stool with four legs and you cut an inch off one of the legs, that's what it would look like on the data or feel like. And Yuki goes around the corner and says, Feels not fastened. But another thing that feels very similar to that is when you go around the corner and your diff isn't locked and the inside wheel spins up. You f- it feels mm. like you're missing a wheel in the car. So that's what happened. 
He goes around, he boxes. Obviously, at the stop, he's unfastened his belts because he thought he was getting out. The engineer's like, fucker, don't get out of the car. Everything's fine. Start it back up. He starts it back up. Goes back into the pit lane. The performance engineer who's diagnosing that is probably at that point starting to look at other things because they were like, okay, well, he told me wheel not fit. So I'm looking at all those sensors that will tell me if the wheel's on the car. What he probably didn't look at was the differential at that time. Now, leaving the pit lane that time, he's probably looking at more stuff. And as soon as Yuki says differential, the, the performance engineer just flips straight to the diff page and be like, yeah, it's fucked. Pull it over, mate. And that happened. And people are thinking like, you know, there, there was an audio message played that he's in the pit lane still. And they're telling him, pull out onto the track and stop on the track. It's like he had already That's left not, the pit lane yeah. when they told him that. So I used to be that guy looking at that information and watching that video back. The language, uh, what the driver is doing, what the driver is feeding back, the driver, the engineers probably getting a little bit like sidetracked. All that made sense. And if anybody's fabricating that this is fixed, um, our, our favorite broadcasting service was probably giving that narrative a bit of lip service on the TV, which is mm-hmm. be- which is beautiful. But it's free clicks, man. You can go post a Twitter article the next day or, and uh, get loads of engagement, loads of new followers, loads of new, you know, yeah, premium TV service subscribers. So that was pretty interesting. Yep. I'm done. So, yeah. Okay, good. And uh, as I think it's also worth noting as well, like you say, the engineers looking at data. This isn't something like where it just pops up, you yeah. know, like a it's Facebook broken. notification. You've yeah, got this diff. is like, what's this like, 500 odd sensors or something ridiculous like that that you've got to comb through to find the one that's giving you the problem. So, yeah, no, I don't, you know, I, I feel for the, the guy and Yuki yeah. for that one. That's a bummer. And as well, if this was a conspiracy and they wanted a safety car, you know what they would have done? They'd have done what Bottas did on lap fifty-five. <laughs> uh, plan G for grenade. Plan G, Valtteri. Valtteri, this and is just, James. Plan G. Mm-hmm, and just stop on the straight because as soon as you stop on the straight, that's always a bang automatic safety car. Boom. Um, but stepping back a bit, back to the whole VSC shenanigans. Uh, Verstappen boxes for hards off his mediums. That makes sense. Yep. Mercedes do a super sexy double stack yeah, for mediums. It, it was good too. Yeah. I think it was like, what, 2.6 and a 3 point something. Either way, it was... I mean, it's, it's pretty juicy for a double. Yeah, exactly. Um, a can't do that, that with point, a single stop. <laughs> no, no. Signs was like 13 seconds, for Christ's sake, and that was a single stop. Uh, oh, my um, God. But yeah, with uh, Max on the hards and Mercedes behind him on the mediums, it looks a bit dicey then in terms of the victory for Max. Hmm. I think they were taking like half a second out of Max yep. each lap on those mediums. Yeah, yeah. So at that point, I, I did think that uh, perhaps maybe Max may have fumbled the bag on that one. Yeah, no, because like when you go back, like. They didn't, Mercedes didn't want the virtual safety car. The virtual safety car just gave everybody a discounted stop. Max got to get off of his aging medium and try out the hard. The Mercedes smacked on those mediums and they found a pretty good compound delta on those mediums. They're going about three quarters of a second faster lap. Um, Max's medium stint was not excellent though. Looking at that, that that tire was kind of shite for him, but no, I no. think he came over the radio as well, didn't he, and say that I'm not having a great time on these. No, but here's the thing. Uh, let's look at the race, Trace, from that point. Because at that point, like when, let's say you, you've done that, they've done a, a big stint on those, uh, 
from the mediums, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, this, this is before that. I'm just... You can, you can edit this out later, right? Please. No, I might just keep it in for some awkward silence, to be honest. No, but like, okay, at that point, they stop, and Max has, at the after the VSC period, right? They've, they've come out, they're on their new bags. Max has a 12-second advantage over Lewis. Mm-hmm. Lewis is about half a second a lap faster, right? Uh, they need to make up, I believe, I need to... This is my YouTube, so I hope I didn't fuck up these numbers. But they need 0.0 seconds per lap faster just to catch Max by the end of the race. So I think at that point they were in a little bit of trouble. Like, you know, and if, and if they could have got pushing a little bit more, uh, the, the medium was going to have a bit of dag. The hard had almost virtually no dag on for the Mercedes. I think Red Bull's tires management at least looks similar. That was, that was going to be close. And I think probably Mercedes had a chance of catching them on that. But, but then Bottas uh, initiates Plan G. Yes. So just obviously we'll go into that in a second, but quickly, was this VSC and them pitting for the mediums? Do you think that was the only opportunity that Mercedes had to to win this race? No. No. Okay. Uh, I... So is that with the whole Bottas scenario? No, no, I'm talking about before the Tsunoda. Oh, okay. I, I think on my, my feeling, and it's not my feeling, I've gone through the data and everything I've read in the press that the teams have put out stacks up with this. If Mercedes had pulled that one stop off without you know, the safety car sequence, yeah. that, that was their best shot that was, okay. at winning. Yeah, I did feel like that was. Yeah, but, was... but even then, I, I'm going to spoil it. Um, I actually think if Max had put on hards at 46, he would have still won that. The only way Lewis would have won is if they went a little bit longer on that set of mediums for Max and tried to go a longer stint on the soft, but I don't think they were going to do it. No, honestly, seemed to be. If Max fits a hard, looking at all the data we have for the rest of the race, if Max fits a hard on lap 46, or whatever lap it was, um, he catches them in between 10 and 15 laps with a huge pace delta over them on an aging hard. Yeah. So so at that point, Mercedes' shot at winning the race is probably only likely due to a Red Bull error. Okay. And I, I think oh. that's I think that's sound. Like that's that's maths. That's not uh vibes. And I know I said I wouldn't get too serious. God, come on. All right, let's get well, some... we, we have to have a little yeah, bit okay, of seriousness. Yeah, and I think that adds some, some credibility yeah. to us. But and I... we can even it out by saying that the Mercedes are fucking mid. Yeah. There you go. Okay. See? Even said it out. Even, even said it. I'm scared to say that now. But yeah, so that stint, you get rid of the Yuki scenario, I don't think mm-hmm. they still had a chance to win. Like, they, okay. they, they, they could have, maybe, but I, I think if it was a Red Bull fumble, they would have been in. But everybody playing the right cards, the one stop. Mm. The Red Bull knew how good that hard was, and they saw it. They saw everybody else vibing on it with very yeah. little deg. And they Max was having an atrocious stint on his medium. Looking at that medium stint, everything else it didn't stack up. So, yeah. Sunoda virtual safety car. Did it? So, did it put them back in the game or hurt them? I, it basically just gave everybody a free stop. And honestly, the the Sunoda safety car. 
actually improved their chances of winning the race because they got they got to put on that tire that discount pit stop. Yeah, they got the discounted pit stop. I I could be, mm, I'm hit or miss on that one. Okay, I, I think they, they, they that was the one when they when the Sonoda pit stop came out. That's when they were half a second a lap faster than Max. And they needed to be 0.6 faster lap to catch him. So right. th- that's that's closer than the other scenario without the safety car. Now, yeah, is it is it time for the plan? Yeah, plan so Bottas lap 55, the Alfa Romeo, which has done a few times this season, just decides to reduce itself to its component forms. Well, it's it's their uh, engine supplier has mastered the external combustion engine. So uh, yeah, yeah. The problem was the fire was outside the engine and not inside it. I mean, guys, come on. Uh, so, yeah, he stops at the end of the straight. Uh, Carlos has a bit of a sketchy moment where he overtakes Ocon and nearly plows. Did you see that, though? Us. Green boards midway through the straight. You know, so the green mm. green boards are up, and he's like, right, everything's cool. He's like, that's weird. Then he sees the double yellow right there, and it's like, holy shit, I'm alongside because there's a green board right there. That seems like yeah. a little bit of a, uh, a marshalling system fuck up more than anything, honestly. Yeah, that was a bit sketchy, um, but I think he he gave Ocon the place back. I think, yeah. So whatever. Yeah. Uh, safety car came out a lap later, which I to me, I this is something that fucking annoys the hell out of me. And we've seen it last year in Baku. Why does it take so long for a fucking safety car to come out when there is clearly a car that's stuck on fire on the straight? For fuck's sake, that's super weird for me. I don't know. Like that's one of those things. It's like. Car is on fire. It's probably not going to restart. So, uh, you know, yeah, that was weird. And I, and I, I watched it back on the F1 TV replay with the overlay, and it was literally like an entire lap before yeah. they decided. Oh, you know what we should do? We should stick a safety car out. Michael so Michael Massey would have had that safety car out in a heartbeat, brother. The fucking Woody. <laughs> Don't get me started on him. I tell you. <laughs> oh Jesus. Even though he, you know, even though all the solid work he did for us last year in Abu Dhabi, he's still not on my Christmas list. Yeah. Um, oh, what a bloke. Anyway. Yeah. What a guy. What a guy. Apparently he's uh, running supercars or something yeah. in Australia now. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. Back to the homeland for him. Uh, yeah. Sorry. So safety car comes out. Everyone has to go through the pit lane anyway because the straight's blocked. Verstappen takes his pit stop for softs. Mm. Uh, which was, you know, I think that was a given. Yeah. Why would you not? But this is where it gets a bit fucking weird for me, right? Why the hell do you not stop Hamilton for softs also? I don't I don't understand. Like, it was like, it was Ferrari Silverstone, where it's like, track position, track position. It's like, mm. well, like, I, like, Lewis, as soon as he realized everybody else was stopping, which you've got a safety car, why would you, like, who's not stopping under that? And it's so easy to sit here and armchair this, but I, I'm oh, surprised yeah. by it. And I, I know for a fact that they agree that was the wrong call and it's not trying to shit on them because to be fair, Mercedes are very good on the pit wall. Yeah, but I, I think they've missed out a few opportunities for things like this mm-hmm. where they've tried to play it too safe and prioritize track position far higher than what they probably should. Yeah. So what happens um, after that? Lewis obviously does the drive through. He keeps on those delicious medium tires, mm, the yellow mustard sidewall. But uh, what's King George, George Russell, do? 
King George goes a little bit rogue here, and he says, I want to stop for softs. Governor, uh, uh, blimey, I'd like to stop for a soft, yeah, please. Poor blimey, Governor, I need some new softs. <laughs> so, obviously, he stops and gets those. Yeah. But there's a lot of red flags in this for me. Right, so A, why did Mercedes let him stop when they could have just said, no, Hamilton's out, we need you to play second fiddle to get a yeah. one-two? Maybe. Hmm. I don't think they would have. I think as soon as Max stopped for them softs, I think that was a given. Max is, you know, he's he's going to take it. Yeah, 100%. Um, but they they let him stop, and they let Verstappen jump right up to the back of Hamilton. Yeah. So this was all, all sorts of weird for me. It's like either leave Hamilton out, you have to leave George out as well to play you know, the British Minister of Defence. Yeah. Um, or box and both. I don't know. It was just, the whole thing just seemed really fucking weird to me. That, you, um, you said it completely right. I think they unfortunately banked on track position without actually considering that, you know, they, they knew Max had the soft. Um, were they not ready for it? You know, because like you've always got the safety car windows. You know, it's like you know, it's like if the safety car happens on lap, you've you've predefined that. It's not like it's a discussion. It's like, hi, hi, Toto, would you like to stop now? I think there's a virtual safety car. We're gonna have to put tires on. Uh, yes, rally the troops and gather the tires. No, it's not gonna happen. They're like, <laughs> right, we're in the safety car window. So if if there's a safety car right now, what are we doing? What's our default? Is it opposite the car head? Is it definitely this tire? Is it definitely that tire? It's it's done. You don't you don't call those decisions on the fly. Ferrari do not very well. But um, that everybody else, everybody else has a system that, and it's pre-decided. And you're updating those goalposts as you move through the race. So the the narrative of leaving them both out on the medium and playing a British Minister of Defense that wasn't going to work. You saw what happened to Lewis on the mediums. Russell was in the same pace as as Hamilton before. There's nothing to tell me that. Russell's going to be able to hold Max up. Now, Lewis did have an engine mode issue on the race restart, which he probably lost some deployment, and he was probably a little bit slower. But realistically, it was inevitable. You look at that, it was absolutely inevitable. Um, so regardless of what happened, really, it was it was one as soon as Max decided to come in for the softs. I mean, Lewis even got mugged by Signs, who was substantially slower than either George or Max. So... It was not on, like, and they, they knew they dropped the ball. But, like, it was like Lewis, the, like, the, all the frustration came vented out from Lewis at that point when he knew he was fucked. But I, I feel like it's one I of mean, those I, things. I, I, I don't, I can't say I blame him for being. No, no, I would have been pissed off too because it, yeah. it was the wrong call. And he has every right to be. And I'm sure they're going to debrief it and package that up and they'll be better for it. But it's just mm. one of those, you do, teams do make mistakes and that was one of them. Doing double medium for those guys, they would have been. They would have finished third and fourth. Double soft, they would have finished second and third. Max was a rocket ship on that final soft, and George didn't stand a chance. But yeah, that's, and that's but, from the data that I see. This is not my. I'll, I'll, throw, yeah, yeah. I'll sprinkle a little bit of vibe on there. I just did the sprinkle, but um, yeah, yeah. But um, I got some uh, PTSD when the message came up that all lapped cars can now overtake. Oh, my God. That was good, wasn't it? Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. So that's, okay. that was well, the race. That was it, really. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Lewis, unfortunately, was then left out to dry. 
uh, Signs decided to uh, nearly take out an Alpine, I think, during that safety car pit window and got a five-second penalty. Yeah, I love that. Just just to add to his woes of the day. <sighs> Struggle bus. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, so the podium ended up being Max, George, and Charles. <laughs> Apparently, I think this was a stat I saw, this is only the second time in 10 races Charles has been on the podium. Mine got. That is fucking wild. Oh, my God, bro. Oh, oh my God. That is nuts. But here's, here's the thing. I've got one last gripe. I'm going to complain about the race and then probably move you go on. Go for it. To Monza preview. Go for it. You know, how, to me. you know how TV direction has been a question mark? We haven't really talked about it lately. So in Zandvoort, they had this spectacular fireworks display going along the main straight as the winning driver crosses the line. The fireworks are going to the sky. As soon as the fireworks start going off, the TV director cuts to the back of Max's steering wheel. And I'm just like, I'm like, please, I'm going to put my face through my laptop screen. Like, let me let me enjoy this. You know, whoever's yeah. going to cross that line, that's that fireworks display. Spectacular. They put all that money into it just basically for it to only be visible to what 500 people in a grandstand <laughs> yeah exactly great right. job so that's that is that was pretty much the race GP wasn't it, really i don't but think she... there's anything no anything we... massive to talk about in uh where are we in terms of the final result uh, i think the only real talking point or mention is to launch stroll he finished p10 so he gets a point which Probably. is a bit of a rarity for Aston Martin, bless him. Yeah, it's a point to point. Uh, Alonso had a pretty good race, yeah. finishing sixth. Uh, Schumacher had a fucking nightmare of a race, finishing in 13th. Uh, but he had like a botched pit stop quite early on. I think there was an issue with the front jack not dropping. Um, so from then on, it was a bit of a free fall. Sebastian Vettel, that's another oh, thing as well. My with his God. blue flag incident. Mm. Basically becoming a rolling roadblock for uh, Hamilton. Was it Hamilton and Checo? Yeah, I can't that, it was, yeah, it was Hamilton yeah. Checo. But that was pretty ironic coming from him, Mister mm. Blue yeah, Flags yeah. himself. But uh, that—that's probably more on his pit wall than anything. But mm, I did think that does happen. Does happen. Uh, and yeah, like we say, Daniel Ricciardo started seventeenth, uh, played merry-go-round in the pits, and finished seventeenth. So well done to him. Valtteri Bottas and Yuki, the two retirements, and Max with the fastest lap, which will surprise absolutely nobody. No, no. Where are we off to next? I What's We're going race, to mate? Monza. Monza, the super speedway in Italy. Mm. What are you What are you thinking? Like, let's let's keep this one tight for the for the lovers. What yeah, are you What are you thinking on tight, tight, tight. Uh, What are you thinking on Monza? What's What's your take? Okay, so. I've heard that apparently signs may be setting, uh, taking a penalty for a new PU. Ooh. Maybe. Again, that's, that's a rumour. So who knows with that one at the minute. I honestly cannot see it being anything. I mean, maybe not a 1-2, but it's got to be a red ball on the top step with the yeah. straight line speed they've shown. Yeah. It's ungodly adrian Newey is working overtime with that cfd cluster in his head yeah mm. yeah smoke coming out of his ears and everything yeah exactly uh i think mercedes are gonna do a uh sort of roll backwards like they did at spa just looked completely off the pace i think the straight is not going to be kind to them no 
And I'm sure Ferrari will fuck it up somehow because they've got a special tribute livery or something. So you remember when Merck did that in uh, yeah. Hockenheim? They yeah. they were like, "We're never doing this ever again." Yeah, but but to be fair, like if this if this is another Ferrari disaster, it's just going to get buried in the pile of you know mm-hmm. bad notes from this year anyway. So yeah, have you seen the special uniforms that Ferrari have got? Yeah, the yellow, the yellow, ones. yellow. Yeah, it looks very Renault esque, isn't it? Mm. In mm. a throwback to Renault. Yeah, uh, but good news. Gone. Good news in terms of Ferrari's luck for Monza. It's already started, and there are photos floating around on Twitter that one of the team trucks had a fire as it was travelling from fucking no. Zandvoort to Monza. <laughs> no yeah, there's a photo way. of these firefighters. It only looks like it's like. Uh, superficial damage to the underbelly locker so yeah. it doesn't look doesn't look like too dramatic but still you just think fucking what is this team done yeah they have previous life oh well uh fuel flow gate a couple of years ago this is everything oh for true that. yeah oh in that case fuck it they deserve everything <laughs> they're getting i forgot like, all about right that. we cheated still didn't win and settled out of court boom bang yeah exactly that's great yeah so yeah, okay. I think this is going to be a pretty simple Red Bull victory. Easy, easy um, dubs. Yeah, and now I've said that it won't be, but that's what I'm feeling. What about you? Well, I'm I'm thinking since it's Monza, we're going to see the Ferrari tow. You know, the, the, them get, mm-hmm. them tow, sucking each other off down the, or towing each other off down the straight. Sorry, yeah, just get excited about that. So you know, pulling each other down the straight and see who can fuck that up. But they didn't they manage it the other year i think we're gonna see a couple teams doing that and we're gonna see some huge fumbles uh qualifying clusterfucks of traffic and, oh god yeah and like you said with uh, i don't think this is gonna suit the mercs based on what we saw in spa the red bull's just too slippy the ferrari ferrari can trim it out a little bit as well uh, i expect ferrari's gonna be absolutely mental through um Lesmo one two Ascari um, and their big braking potential. I think we might actually see Ferrari taking a little bit out of Red Bull here. You know, making up for their lack of straight line uh, for um, braking, clearing uh, traction, and having a bit more downforce. So, I I still think it's going to be a Red Bull in the race. Ferrari's pace and well, they can have the best car in the world, mate. But we've seen them throw this away so many times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so but the, also we we may have we've forgotten something. Oh. We've forgotten to do our uh fraud fraud watch for the Dutch Grand Prix. Oh my god. So this is this is a segment that we've inherited from your from your stream and uh, yeah, I, when I, I think... used to do a bit of streaming, we had this thing where we do fraud watch, right? So who was who's the fraud of the weekend? And we're bringing it into the podcast. Okay. Do you want to go? It's it's yours. Should you christen it? Mm, yeah okay I'll, I'll christen it so my fraud of uh basically the dutch grand prix i'm gonna give it to whoever is responsible to uh daniel ricardo's fucking strategy i think that was <laughs> god awful i mean there's plenty of other people to give it to but they're more obvious yeah i'm gonna give it to the not so obvious daniel ricardo strategy <laughs> yeah i don't know what the fuck they were thinking of with that yeah the fucking bingo card of uh pirelli tires yeah. yeah, got that one soft. Yep, yeah. another soft. Yeah, I got two softs. The three softs on that card. Yeah, we got them all. Yeah, like yeah. connect four. I think that one makes complete sense. Now, go for it. Tell I me think yours. I'm gonna, I'm going to go for the obvious one. 
because yeah. it's it's becoming painfully consistent is what are ferrari doing man like it seems like there's it seems like they're sending carrier pigeons between their driver's pit wall and their garage and it's I, I i understand how difficult orchestrating pit stops and you know a full race team of what, what how many mechanics do you have 30 50 mechanics whatever it is there's a lot of there's a lot of people in charge and moving pieces but how how on earth is the prancing horse dropping the ball this badly they they're an institution like we like we talked about it like people now are fans of drivers but they're still tofosi there's this is this is a team thing this is a religion and you've got these people relying on you and you're dropping the ball like that is it's pretty if grim man me i'm telling you if they called me tomorrow i'd go to marinello and work for him oh <laughs> uh, i wouldn't do it no i would there's there's definitely no. an allure about no i have that, no interest team you know what you can't sell me on uh the the smell of petrol and the experience uh, I'm, you, they wouldn't call you because you shit at your job. Yeah, I know exactly, and they're not going to pay me fifteen million to fuck off, so I'm not even going to consider that. True. So, fraud of the day. Do we have a a, a good boy of the day? A good boy. In, engine, engine engine mode. Good boy. Engine mode. Good boy of the day. Uh, my good boy is actually not going to be a good boy. I think I'm going to give it to Hannah. That was Hannah Schmitz, Red Bull strategist and goat of all the strategists. Yeah, uh, I think I think she kept her head down, and I really like the shot of her smiling after Checo <laughs> ran over the the uh, Ferrari pit wall gun. <laughs> that tweet was spectacular, bro. Yeah, but that, so, that that smile was actually after she got on the radio to Franz Toss's earpiece and told him to do that, mm-hmm. though, wasn't it? She's like, uh, "We'll initiate Plan Sunoda." Yeah, copy yeah. that. Over. Yeah. So uh, I'll give it to Hannah. Big up, Hannah. Yeah. Well done. That's. Um, I think. F- for Bance, I think we're going to try to reach out to her to see if she'll come on and do one of these. She probably won't. She's probably not allowed. Yeah, she won't. Like, yes, it's like... But it's the worst like, you can say is no, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We'll, we'll have to reach out. I'm sure she would She would love it. Even if it's a short mm. segment. Um, yeah. it, could, it, it actually could do a little bit of shithousery, but I think it could also be a, a bit more serious. Um, mm. my, my good boy of the day is probably King George. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was he was fast the whole race. Like to to be fair, Lewis was on one as well. But mm. where the team dropped the ball, uh, George said, "Nah, nah, I'm not, not having today. that." And uh, I'm, I'm not trying to. That's not a controversial pick. I think he drove really well. And even on their hard stint in the middle of the race, Russell looked Russell looked really good, man. So you know, I I, I think Hamilton got a little bit unlucky with traffic in that stint. Russell was on it. Um, I think if anybody was going to win that race, it was going to be Lewis, if not Max. But um, I think Russell did a good race, and uh, he keeps doing it. So yeah. they've they've got yeah. they've got probably. Oh, am I going to say this out loud? I think yeah, Merce- Mercedes have the most competitive driver lineup, in my opinion. I but, am quite happy to agree with you like on that one. Those two. Like, this is not a dig. You know, it's one of those weird things. Like, if you say George is doing good, people are mad that you're not no, gassing. Say it with your chest. Yeah, say with, it with your chest. The Mercedes pairing is probably the most powerful pairing on the grid right now. The car is just a bit off, and we see that. Those two guys are trading back and forth. Merck, um, Sir Lewis, George Russell, strongest pairing on the grid right now. Yep. Agreed. 
So and do, I think that's that's pretty much wraps it up, I think, doesn't it? That flew by, man. We did a probably yeah. an hour fifteen or so on uh, on Pod Life. So why mm. don't we? Uh, we'll, we're going to try to do this once a week after the races, probably Monday, Tuesday nights. I'm flexible. We'll get a system. We'll yeah, figure it yeah. out. If you want to find us on Twitter and you want to see, uh, if you're in the stream right now, if you want to see when this podcast go live and share it with all of your friends and tell them you had how much fun you had talking with two ex-Formula 1 engineers about Formula 1 not being too serious, but also cutting a little bit of the bullshit out, you can find us at Engine Breaking on Twitter. The links will be out soon. Uh, my name's Blake. You can find me on Twitch at Break with three R's, B-R-R-R-A-K-E. So Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram are all Break. And then on TikTok and YouTube, you can find me at BreakF1. Dan? Yeah, and you can find me at EngineMode11 on Twitter and YouTube. Do be sure to follow us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We will have content rolling out to those platforms soon. I really hope you guys enjoyed your time tonight. I had a blast hanging out with my internet husband, Dan. Um, Thank you. And it's been a pleasure getting to know you since we left Red Bull because um, we just never talked about Red Bull. But here we are. And it's, it's manifest. Yeah. It's been a long time in the making. First episode mm -hmm. in the books. I hope you guys had a blast. Um, and if you're on the stream, stick around. We'll be hanging around for another probably 15 minutes before we wrap. Um, see you guys next time. Peace. Peace. Amazon Business Honors, Ricardo Gurgel, owner of Veggie Root Tavern. This week, Ricardo saved big and used Amazon Business to help his team buy commercial deep fryers at a quantity discount. Because even veggies can be fried. I'm going to need two orders of fried fiddleheads. With business buying easier than before, Ricardo now uses his extra time to focus on growing something big. Buy smarter, dream bigger. Visit Amazon Business, your partner for smart business buying. Mmm, fiddleheads. Yum.